you know, a lot of captains are calm and and I was captain at the time and I absolutely goes, let's rip their effing heads off. And, you know, so his calm speech like was just absolutely ripped up. Yeah, I'm kind of like the William Wallace waving my sword trying to decapitate everyone. So, yeah, I'm not the calmest. So that's probably where Braveheart comes from. So uh, I'm not sure whether it's a compliment or not. But Joe presents House of Rugby, United Rugby Championship, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Welcome to House of Rugby URC, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. In today's show, we have all the highlights from this weekend's fourth round of action, as well as our picks for Try of the Week and, of course, the winner of our Jukebox Award. And also, we have Leinster and Irish international Lindsay Peets. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. Thanks so much for having it's me. It's great to be sitting here with a legend. I'm not sure about that. Three <laughs> legends surrounding me, so I'm um, good I have company. to mention before we get started, just some of your achievements. Um, you have 37 caps for Ireland. You've won an All-Ireland title with the Dublin GAA. And you also captained the um, Irish basketball team. What's next? Oh, God, I don't know. Sevens, <laughs> Greg, was uh, planting the seed now after this. Uh, maybe, but no. Uh, so the only thing you haven't done. I'm not sure. Listen, there's loads. I'm really bad at darts, snooker, you name it. But uh, maybe a bit of sparring with Kelly Harrington for the crack. She can knock me out, yeah. maybe knock some sense into me. You're obviously feeling a little bit numb from a couple of weeks ago. How are you feeling after that? Oh, to be honest, really kind of trying to be present back in life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as athletes, we'll understand like you're kind of in a bubble and we built up everything to this one goal, which was making New Zealand and qualifying and getting Ireland back in the world stage that we want to be on. Yeah. Um, but I think I speak for all the girls. We're still pretty numb and pretty emotional and pretty upset. So, you know, we underperformed over there, but, um, you know, we should have really, and no disrespect to the, the quality teams over there. But uh, the time we had together and stuff, we, we should have really qualified. So yeah. we're heartbroken. I really am I'm heartbroken. Yeah. And I suppose I'm at the latter end. And I know there's a lot of young, talented girls there. And, and even not so young that have a great future ahead of them. Mm -hmm. uh, but to not be on the world stage, which will be the biggest tournament, the first World Cup for the women's down in the Southern Hemisphere, in the home of, you know, rugby in New Zealand, like uh, it's numb now, but it's going to be pretty raw now in a, in a year's time when it kicks off. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Still pretty much on the floor. Yeah, a bit disappointing, but um, on a better note, yes, you know you you work really really hard in the gym. You've obviously been isolated quite a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and there's kind of a picture that we want to show you. Well, you're oh, a bit bored. Uh, what was lockdown life like? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, if you can't lift the weights, you might as well lift yourself. So uh, I was just trying to be a sort of Yoda, Star Wars. There. Thanks for stalking through my Instagram there. <laughs> Cheers. That's impressive core strength there. Thanks very much. I, I could have kind of straightened the legs out, but my own. Maybe got into it with a handstand. I'll do that this week. I'm tagging. Tag right we'll have a competition. <laughs> sure, Lindsay. I played with you for a number of years. Mm -hmm. with the, with the girls and um like I know you really well but like I know these guys want to get to know you better and so mm -hmm. does your fans and uh, we've had a few questions coming in from Instagram and social Lovely. media yeah um, go easy yeah so we're gonna kick you off we're gonna play uh, the 10 question game just yes. to get to know a bit, bit better perfect yeah I'll kick it off yeah I've got a question in from Lynn Carmody uh rugby soccer game football and basketball is hurling mixed do you know what um no <laughs> I'll tell you what, great question, Lynn, but no, uh, we call it Mogi in my club. It's Parnell's out near Kulak Village. And um, I, I think I played once. I played actually in primary school and I kicked the slitter in for two goals, but I, it was a hindrance. Like it was kind of like a weapon. So um, for my safety and everyone else's, uh, no, it won't be. But my son plays hurling. He's only five. So we'll go with him. I live through him for the hurling. So Fair enough. We'll stick there. <laughs> <laughs> and does the young fella play rugby as well? 
No, not yet. We haven't been um, kind of, do you know, my philosophy on it and as my wife is kind of like looking at gymnastics, uh, swimming, uh, coordination, I do would like him to do basketball. I think kind of centres. I think he's going to be a big man. He's in eight to nine clothes. He's only five. He's in a size one shoe. Uh, so he's going to be a big man. But uh, for coordination and just manipulation of space and working in small areas, I'd love him to start with basketball. And then kind of whether it be GAA or, or, or rugby goes into to be honest, I'm not sure he'd be sporty. I think he loves the buzz of sport. Um, I'm not going to push him. I, I don't know if he's ever seen Robbie Williams with the conquer clip with his kids. I'm kind of that parent. I'm like, I take no prisoners and it's not really conducive to fun all the time. So look, once he's happy and he's healthy and, he, and he's active, that's all That's all we want. I bet you have so, to kind of rein in the competition side of Lindsay a little bit. Listen, I'm buying all the jerseys. I bought yeah. him something for his birthday, a new Dublin top and, you know, the Leinster jerseys. And, and probably one of my proudest moments was actually our last match together. He was our mascot as we went out for the final match of the Interpros uh, for oh, Leinster. And I've lovely yeah. photos him in the dressing room beside my my number one jersey and, and I got to lead him out. And, you know... Um, you know, who knows what lies ahead, but mm-hmm. I'd love him to be our mascot for Ireland and, and get to, oh, amazing. you know, we haven't played in front of family or friends in over two years. And, the, you know, to bring him out on the pitch, like he he came a few weeks early and mm-hmm. he was there for my first Six Nations as a little tot. And now he'd be kind of tackling on the pitch. Now he's, he's huge, <laughs> he's up to my shoulder. So that's his journey through mm-hmm. sport. And I remember uh, actually Munster and Leinster were playing, but it was a men's game. And I was sitting beside him and he goes, there you run the telly. And I was like, oh. Oh, well, at least he recognises. They were the boys. But And then I said, well, which <laughs> colour am I in? And he picked me in Munster red. I was like, Oh, there's a lot of learning to do, but I'm, you know, I've mixed emotions. He's here, a smart so. man, so big in the red and one Listen, lose his colour. Next question for you, Lindsay, is we touched on earlier with the World Cup disappointment. Yes. I think the whole country joins you in being disappointed that we won't have a women's team there. Mm-hmm. Um, but overcoming that defeat, do you have any tricks to the trade that you've learned in your last couple of years for overcoming that uh, sadness and disappointment? Uh, yeah, look, that kind of... It, there's an evolution to that, you know, as a young 20 odd year old, um, you go with your team, you have a couple of drinks, you get it all out in the emotion and you always have the next goal, the next competition. So you go in really quickly and you can kind of park it. Probably, as I said, because I'm at the latter end of my career and you you need to be, as if you want to progress on, whether it's an individual or collectively, you have to be brutally honest with yourself. Because if we don't set goals, if we don't review, if we don't look at the mistakes, um, how are you ever going to get better? Um, and I'm sure that resonates with everyone here, whether we're talking about your job or some, you know, you have to be always, always reviewing yourself. So, yeah, it's important to stick with your team. It's important to stay in that bubble. It's important to feel the loss together, to make promises to each other and kind of park it and be better for the next time. And and when the winning does come, my God, is it good? Um but it is, it's surrounding yourself with good people, not be afraid to be vulnerable and honest and not be afraid to kind of use it for having a couple of drinks and going out. And when you build that culture and that camaraderie and that kind of galvanizing your team, it, it is about going through all those emotions and all that journey together. So yeah. um, just surround yourself with good people. And yeah, your teams are meant to lose. People are meant to lose. You're, that's, the, that's the draw of sport. That's the mm. raw emotion. And it's never easy. 
But uh, by God, it doesn't make the winning good. It yeah, exactly. You've got to fail on the path to success. Like, and this 100%. Will build the foundations for the women's team over a long period of time. Now. Absolutely. Like, look, if we look at LeBron James over his career, he went from Cleveland, then he goes to Miami Heat, then he goes back to Cleveland, wins the championship, then he goes to the Lakers. Now, is he bringing just the genesis quote of LeBron James? Yeah, but he's also bringing how he won championships along that journey. Yeah. Um, and that's the evolution of the senior player to the younger players. And, and they're all the ingredients to make a successful team. So, you know, we talk about it that it's it just comes with it, but there's such fine margins between the teams that are successful. Yeah. Um, like look at Anthony Foley yesterday. We we marked his, you know, I can't believe he's gone five years. But if you look at the legacy he left at Shannon and, you know, did nine AIL titles, he was part of four or five winning in a row. Yeah. And now looking down division one B, it is swings and roundabouts and it's, you know, there's special moments that come along with special teams and I've been privileged with all Ireland wins with being on the cusp of Division A with, with Irish basketball and, you know, that championship in 2017 where we got to play England for the Grand Slam, like, they're special moments and we haven't been there since. So I've led a privileged career, but as I said, it's always been the good people that have picked you up when you're down and they're always the, the good people that want to celebrate with you when you get good times. So. Yeah. And talking about your privileged career that mm-hmm. you've been playing for the last couple of years now, there's chats that you're like people like yourself and Senen Ope who might follow Claire Malloy into retirement. But I don't think that's on your mind right now. You want to keep playing for Ireland for another few years. I'm not sure with that now. I think um, looking at the person I am, I, I definitely will stay in sport. Um, obviously, I do have a young son and I'm, I will be 41 in November now soon. So, And I think now that not we haven't qualified for a World Cup, I think you know it would be I'd, I'd love to finish on a home side but I, I can't see I, I won't be playing in the next next six nations I, you know I don't see myself going there because I think it's time now for us to use the next period of time to blood some new players we need we need to have a big six nations for the 2023 championship for world rugby so no decisions made of yet but no it, it definitely won't be long I certainly won't take that question for Senna you know um, yeah, she's yeah. an absolute machine and you know an absolutely world class player so um, if I, if you don't mind I would like to take the opportunity to give a huge congratulations to Claire Malloy um, on an absolutely stellar career I know we talk about men's and women's but I think as a number seven she was absolutely world class and I think yeah. she will be a loss to the, work, to the game of rugby and um I just want to congratulate her on a fantastic career and I, I was sorry to see her go but um, of course, yeah. she left yeah. on the top and you know she's an amazing person and player so congratulate her on that. Career. Yeah, very good. I'm um, looking at that like our, our next question mm-hmm. and looking at those moments and whether or not you're going to be playing going forward. But yeah. What's your favourite match you've ever played in, in an Irish jersey? Is there, is, there, is there one or is there more? Do you know, I have a few snippets. Um, probably after I broke my leg in 2020 against England, you know, my uncle, Philip, said I wouldn't be back. He said to me, Dad, I don't see her come back after a broken leg. And I was like, oh, what absolute dare you? Um, so I took him as motivation. So getting back on the pitch, actually, against Italy in, in 2020, it, yeah, October 2020, um, probably was, I enjoyed that game. I've enjoyed all my days, can I just say, in an Ireland jersey, but there's never one standout, really, because... She's, I think I'd, if I ever had a game where I was woman and match or player to match, I'd just retire on that because it's so hard to play internationally against such, you know, talented players and the players that I play with are so talented. So probably my standout for just um, kind of enjoying being back in the pitch and kind of took it like change of mindset, like, oh, if this was my last match, how would I like to go out? And I got a try that day and um, set up another one for Claire Malloy. I thought I, I enjoyed it. Um, so whether yeah. I played that well, I do remember that being a standout uh, 
I remember my first try against Italy in 2016. Like I've loads of standout moments um, that I really enjoyed. And I have to say overall over the, we'll come up to six years now since we made our debut, three of us together, myself, Kira Cooney and, and Cleena Maloney in, in the soup in Twickenham, I think it was 14 wow. November 2015. And <laughs> We're coming up six years later now, so it's it's been a real roller coaster, but uh, I'd say so. certainly amazing an moments. absolutely amazing one. And those two people I've just mentioned are, are friends for life now, and I've made a couple more, so Brilliant. it's been positive. Good. But looking on, like you said, after rugby, and you have your young son, like yep. mother to mother, like you've been a big inspiration to me, you know, oh, to get myself you. back into sport, back yeah, to absolutely. playing rugby. I mean, I just didn't think I would ever be able to pick up a board again. But looking at you. Like week in, week out training, it's really giving me the confidence. Um, I wanted to actually ask your opinion on, you know, maternity leave for women in sport, women in rugby. I know there's not much talk about it. There's not much anything in place through the RFU. Do you believe that there's enough support for professional women in sport to go and have families and be able to return back to sport at the level that they were at? Um, well, obviously... Uh, if you're employed as a and contracted, mm-hmm. that has to be in your contract. And I know Sene might be able to, like, if she was here, maybe we'd talk mm-hmm. about this a lot more because I know I think she worked with getting this over the line with yeah. Sport Ireland, and and hopefully I'm right with those. But um, if you know terms, condition of employment, at the end of the day, uh, you know, w- women have children; they have to start families, and if they decide to do that or are or, or become pregnant, then it should be their choice to be able to take that maternity leave and come back, and that should be facilitated. Um, as part of our contract and, and that's essential mm-hmm. I mean if we're going to evolve any sport um, that comes part and parcel of being a woman and that shouldn't be taken away nor should women have to put their family on hold because at this stage mm-hmm. if you're investing in a career and you're trying to juggle being a mum or a parent and um, being a professional athlete then there has to be part and parcel and um, we've seen that with Jessica Ennis you know yeah. the Olympian like it, it's essential to be able to be given that permission so that you can fully immerse yourself in your training and then come out. And there's many more athletes we could list that have been privileged enough. And I don't think it should be a discussion at this stage. I think it should be, you know, people working on behalf of the athletes to mm. facilitate that option. Because is it something that you might look to do maybe when you retire, like going into? Absolutely. I definitely want to stay in sport, yeah. whether that's in coaching or um, sitting on boards and advocating, making those changes mm. necessary to evolve the, the, the game. Now, I have a lot of upskilling to do with that. But at the end of the day, I certainly want to use my experience as a player to facilitate the and help in committees or, or unions or anywhere that I can be useful, upskill myself and, and be that advocate. Absolutely. I have no problem doing that. And I think there's loads of areas we can look in um, yeah. at the the end of the day the cliche saying you know Rome wasn't built in a day so I think there's definitely areas to look at and I need to look at where I can be of most value and um and I'm delighted to hear you going back in because I think I've said this before just because you have a baby you're still Megan Williams the rugby player and you're Megan Williams the fabulous mom of Anthony you know and I've seen him and he's a lovely happy little boy and you know you have to be able to still be yourself because to be able to be yourself and happy and healthy is it just brings such joy to you to be able to be that better person for all the people in your life. And I think we take that for granted and you want to be the best version of your parent and, and as an athlete. And um, I think the world is changing. Like, in, mm. you know, it, it does a lot of work and I can't take away of so many supports in place to have allowed me to do what I've done, no more so than my wife and my own family. So, you know, I can't take all the credit here. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, I juggle and you have to kind yeah. of, you know, be everything. But, you know, I have a lot of supports to, to facilitate me to do this and, you know, a huge thank you to everyone who's helped me along the way, you know, friends and family even come into the to the house to help and, and 
you know, helping us, but mainly it's been my wife being able to support me. So can't thank her. Amazing. Amazing. The next question we have for you is from Bernadette Brady. I think it was on Instagram. Uh, firstly, she wants to thank you for everything you've done. Uh, she oh, thinks you're thank amazing. Thank you so much. And then she, <laughs> Thanks, follow, she follows up then with wanting to know what you would do or your opinion on developing the women's game in school, club and provincial level. Where would you start? Um, I, can't, I was thinking of this. Uh, great question, by the way, Bernadette. And thanks so much for getting in touch with your kind words. Um, I think there's so much personally I think we can do right now for, for women in sport and, and rugby in Ireland. Um, I think personally we need to, you know, kids need to play. They need to play the game. So you have to start at grassroots. We need to really, really encourage the numbers for participation and just get a love of the game. Yeah. Uh, so I think boys and girls in all the clubs should be facilitated in the rugby tots and all the way up along. Until obviously a certain point that we have to separate them for physicality reasons and then we get into tackles and everything like that. But like, for example, Enya Breen, I've seen played with the boys in Skibreen. Now, Enya's, her technical side and her game understanding is fantastic and you can see that she's played. So her confidence and even her technique, her tackle technique, game understanding, it's, it brings that confidence for her. So for me, I'd start with grassroots. Um, we need to get 15s into skills. Um, if skills don't have, obviously try and get sevens. We try and branch out every type of rugby in the skills um, and then we need to kind of liaise with uh, moving participation into performance then get in our underage grades 13, 14 but most specifically then kind of under 16, 18s, 20s feeding into our AIL what's the what's the goal of our interprovincial tournament where does that lie with us and then we go into international there's lots of good people out there in Irish rugby doing lots of really really good things but now we need to coordinate everything we need to look at the calendar. We need to give the AIL exactly like the men's, the women's needs the same times mm. that we need our our internationals available for a minimum of about 70% of games. Mm. Um, and then we need to look at our interprovincials and see what how that can facilitate that grading. Are, maybe are we looking at maybe that transition for some of our under 20s into senior? Are we going to look at maybe trying to do what we've done with the men's with the URC? Are we going to have a, a provincial teams playing in those competitions? And then how can we feed all that up along into our international? Because I think that would take a lot of a weight off. Um, and then we've more established, confident and uh, more skillful players as we go up to the seniors. So I do think there's a lot of changes. As I said, there's a lot of people, volunteers, a lot doing very, very good work. But do I feel it's coordinated enough to actually have a pipeline mm. and a pathway? Mm. No, that's not no. what I think right now. Mm. You know, that's if fair. we were... Uh, before we come on, obviously we we're sh- talking about the Red Roses. I don't want to compare us to England, but we have to because right now they're world class. They've won World Cups mm-hmm. and they're probably going to be the favourites going into New Zealand. Uh, I think in their current squad, other than two, which would be Shauna Brown and Claudia McDonnell, um, and I hope they don't mind me mentioning because they came from other sports. But other than those two people, uh, those two players, all of their all the rest of their team played underage and were facilitating their pathway all the way up. Okay. Wow. Um, so, yeah. like, if you look at the number of caps, like, like Sarah Byrne was blooded there before 2017. She came up through the under 18, under 20 stru- yep. structure. Um, she plays with Bristol Bears. They're very much under the umbrella with their men's team. They've had a crack and start to, to the premiership season. Our club players have been out for nearly 18 months. And whereas the Tyrrells Premiership in England have played like 19 games alone yeah. last season. Do you yeah. know? So the quality they're playing against, the quality games they're getting, and then to go into their international setups and all of the England players are available to their clubs for most of the year. Okay. So I think we need to look at that and kind of yeah. mirror okay. them. So there's a system there that works. It's Absolutely. just 
using that and putting it in place in Ireland. And there's even like the male structure in Ireland is pretty good that yep. you see it coming through 18s, 19s, 20s into the senior team. Yep. So the backbone's there. It's just getting more women at a younger level to play. Absolutely. We need to buy them in. Yeah. You know, we really need to buy them in. And this isn't, um, you know, we could be talking about basketball. We could be talking about GAA. Like yeah. when I was playing back in GAA in 2009 to compare it to probably what numbers are playing now, is huge. Little get on board. You bigger investors. There's more commercials, more media, yeah. and there's a buy-in. So I said, there's lots of good people uh, doing really good things in rugby in Ireland, but we need more. To expose know. it to the younger girls. Absolutely, like, yeah, it yeah. needs to be. You know, it needs to be a product. We need to get it out there. We need our internationals going into school and taking days. Like I played with Larissa, who we know, who's yeah. um, heavily involved with Leinster. She works in the school. She's working in our club. She's working now with Trinity. Um, absolutely fantastic uh, person, coach, and I know she's doing great work. But how many more Larissa Muldoons can we get around the country yeah. to help mm. you know, help do that? Yeah. Um, so that's the areas we need to look at. And you know, this is a negative. This is kind of again taking a step back, looking what we need to to get the game to the level we want to be. Because I don't want to be talking to you guys about not making a World Cup. I want to be talking about us making a semi final or mm. winning Grand Slams or you know absolutely fighting for a World Cup. So we want Irish rugby across the board whether we're talking about 20s men's women's to sport to being more class and that's you know that's where i want yeah. to see it yeah yeah i have an interesting one here um what are your thoughts on the study that women are more susceptible to, to concussion yeah the funny thing is with that we've only started the study um yeah. and i read the you know a couple of reports a couple of uh, research been done doug king was one uh, i think it was 40 female players in wellington um you know so for the male player you're looking at seven to ten days is the main uh period of recovery whereas he felt with some of the women they reported day 10 was their most susceptible uh, the worst day yeah it took them 28 days on average and it has to do with their menstrual cycle their brain fibers being a lot thinner so we haven't got enough studies as to the makeup of women and it's not actually in contact that the concussion happens it's mm. kind of like heading a ball whiplash mm. so even um how they're being concussed is very very different um but obviously uh, and then i think there was another um uh, Willie Stewart was at Dr. Willie Stewart who's yeah. on the board with World Rugby for concussion. Um, again, kind of took male and female, a couple of thousand, just under 5,000 of each sex. And he was more so saying again, the research that we're trying to assign to the women's side of things mm. is all male research. So we can't, we can't work like that because no. it's just a different game and we may have to adapt to kind of the rules. So, the rules are the same for a male and female, you know, in how the game is played. So we may have to adapt that. Um, so it's kind of scary. It's more so there's not enough research and then we're not we're not as quick to take women off the field as really the way we're going. And I think we've seen that one in the Farrah Palmer Cup final between uh, Wakato, if I pronounce it right, and Canterbury. So the, you know, I think maybe the control of the game was lost. We'd pull in a hair, we'd clash our heads, we'd stitches. Was there a HIA? Like, how did the game get to that level? And then we'd no one kind of been, you know, looked at from a kind of health and safety point of view. So, again, this is all information you're feeding off. But I think for now, I'm not surprised. I think we need to do more research across the board for female rugby. And we have to take it away. Nothing against the male side of things. It works. You know, we don't need to use that at the blueprint we need to not be afraid to adapt it do more studies and then make changes necessary to protect players that are going to play because again i think this is a big deterrent for females and like i can see parents not wanting their daughters to play because they feel it's a really really physical game it's an absolutely brilliant game to play and when it's done right and like tackle technique as well is a big thing um because again we're 
some players like myself are coming in late to the game. So, yeah. you know, you're, you're trying to adapt. Whereas we get little girls playing from a right age and getting mm-hmm. their tackle techniques. Now you're not thinking. Of course. Now you know how to protect yourself. Yeah. Now you're you're not less susceptible, you would hope, to because the fundamental of the games are taught that, Everybody. you know, to a higher standard. So um, I just think it's more, again, just keeping doing what we're doing, more research mm-hmm. and not be afraid to make the changes and, and go against <laughs> the grain. That's, that's where that's we're it. at. You know? that's yeah, absolutely brilliant. You know yourself and you, you, you're a basketball coach, you're a training PE teacher as well. Yeah. Any interest in maybe managing the Irish rugby team? Do you know what? I had this interview with Marie Crow, and I'll be honest, right? I think um, I think I need to adapt my emotional intelligence to be able because I think this is a big thing for me, okay. right? My philosophy on successful teams can be you can have a, a team full of really skillful players, and then you have a team kind of with a mix um, with good personalities that would die for you. So if if I'm a good person and I can instill belief in those players and they want to play for me. I don't think I need to be the best coach, but I'm not sure I'm ready and skilled enough to know my personnel yet. So mm-hmm. like I want to be the player I am as a coach. So I give you everything. If I'm on your team, I have your back. Mightn't come across the same way. I remember um, <laughs> grabbing the Welsh captain because she was she had uh, Paula Fitzpatrick by the neck. But, you know, you know yourself, the third person coming in in rugby now is usually the boldest. So I was like, well, I didn't know that. You know, you're kind of working off the community like yeah. she hurt my friend. Um, so, yeah, I played under lots of great coaches and I wouldn't want to go into it unless I'm going to be the best I could be. Uh, I've kind of thought about maybe skill acquisition of forwards coach as part of the management. Yes. But as a head coach, I'm not sure yet. But uh, it's definitely somewhere I want to go. Um, I hope so. I'd love for you to be my coach. Absolutely. I'd love it. You know, I, and I've I've had a lot of experience of coaches like yeah, Ben Armstrong is, is one of my favourite. And I think Ben is the type of person that yeah. you could instill oh, in us. Brilliant. He treated us like people. He didn't give us too much information, little snippets, and then he just let us play. He yeah. brought the best out of you. I remember absolutely. he was one of my favourite coaches. Favorite I coaches. absolutely thrived off, off his Yeah, off his and we've seen that five in a row. He brought us to yeah. Harlequins, the big game in Twickenham, their big 12 game. Uh, oh, it was one of my favourite games to play yeah. in rugby, actually. And um, he's just one of the standout coaches for me. And there's many more across the career, but um, yeah, you kind of just want to take the good of all. And um, yeah, be able to bring it yeah. back. Maybe instead of going straight in as head coach, you could do one of the specialised roles. Like yeah. you saw Paula Connell going in a line-out coach. You yeah. see John Fogarty, scrum coach in Leinster. I love so, John Fogarty. Yeah, that could be a stepping stone for you, specialised and then the head coach. Maybe. If John Fogarty took me under his wing as scrum coach, John, you give me a ring now. <laughs> I'll be there for you. But uh, no, I would love that. I'd yeah, love that I could see you doing that for sure. Um, next question I have for you is I've heard through the grapevine that you have a nickname Braveheart <laughs> oh god yeah. you said that is that true <laughs> what, what's that about was that from Sarah Kelly um, <laughs> yeah I, do you know what you know a lot of captains are calm and uh, I kind of do this rah rah like um, I think my coach Mark Ingle ex basketball coach said you know he had us real calm before a cup final and I was captain at the time and I absolutely goes, let's rip their effing heads off. And, you know, so his calm speech like was just absolutely ripped up when I was like, you know, you know, giving a rah-rah. And yeah, I'm kind of like the William Wallace. You just, you know, on a horse, you know, waving my sword, trying to decapitate everyone. So, yeah, I'm not the calmest. So that's probably where Braveheart comes from. So um, I'm not sure whether it's a compliment or not. But anyway, I'll take it. Take it. Uh, take, yeah, there, take it. There's worse nicknames out there. Yeah, there is. I'll take it. Lindsay, thank you so much for those amazing answers. We really know your stuff and I wish you best luck whatever decision you make next. Ah, thank you very much. Um, let's move on to the URC. There's Sounds a lot of action good. to get through from the weekend. 
We're going to take a look at who had a great weekend, starting off with the Conneth and Munster match 2018, lads. Yeah. What a game. What a game. Good game, good game. Yeah. I mean, Connacht went, what, 6-0 up? And then Munster came back into it with a, a try late on in the, late on the first half, yeah. two minutes to go. A uh, bit of controversy around that one, though. I don't think Connacht fans would be too happy with it. We've got the clip coming up here. Uh, just as uh, Scanlon puts this kick through, I think Byrne might just be ahead of the kicker. He's just ahead. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm probably a bit biased. I'm a Munster fan. I'm going to leave it off. <laughs> Do you think they should have looked at the TMA? I don't think they went back to check it even, did they? They, they just didn't know. They just kind of went to let it play on. Yeah. And, we take it, dogs. It was a close run for that game. <laughs> well, I'm going to advocate for Connacht because my in-laws are Galway. So, yeah, yeah. won the team. Here not, we have a nice slow motion here. Now we can look at it. Is he in front? Oh. Yes, he is. No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Absolutely. Some ball skills, Some skill, though, yeah, I was going to say. Not bad for a second row slash back row. <laughs> it's the dive. And for Chris Clodagh to beat to Simon outpace. D with the ball, yeah. That's but um, it was nail-biting at times, wasn't it? It was. It was very tense. You knew it was a derby. Like they kept. There were so many fights, so many scraps in the game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like Munster led then um, for ten six after that. Before that, a flying. We call it a flying Paul Boyle try that in at the five jumped yes. in from the penalty. He did was very a, well. Was, it was an excellent try. Um, then um, Munster edged ahead thirteen eleven before poor old Joey. Yeah. Made a bit of a mistake here. He didn't kind of fluffed his lines. He, he took a bit of time to hit kick, but also Jack Carty was very did very well here. Can't take it from him either. Like he dived for where the ball was going to be. Yeah, where the trajectory was going to be. Mean, I thought that so. was so impressive. One ten playing against another ten there. Oh, no, I was like, just going to say that actually. So Andy Farrow will be looking at that now. <laughs> <laughs> you see what it meant to Jack Carty there. Yeah. You can, yeah. See, uh, I, don't, I still think Carberry should do better there. Oh, you really have to do I think I think he should. You can't get charged down as an out half like that first phase. Just... Yeah. Well, we seen it last week for Munster against the Scarlets, where right, you know, um, it was playing out half that week. You know, instead of being a right foot kicker like Carberry mm. is cutting across them, he actually came back obviously on the blind side and got the fifty twenty two kick, which relieves the pressure and gives you more time. Of course. Um, whereas this, like in a tight game like that, like he came back to. Uh, convert the try obviously but um which was testament to himself but yeah yeah you can't do that with autumns coming up and the you know calls up for places and mm -hmm. giving people a try are so close and you do want to see him back in a northern jersey um he's just having a mixed bag at the minute i think yeah, uh, yeah. and did very well but it wasn't over there guys i remember mm -hmm. watching that like and i was so disappointed i thought that was it but mm -hmm. in typical monster fashion of course seconds left on the clock up comes there up steps there my barn with the winning try i mean it's such a monster way to win, isn't it? Yeah, it completely I know, but what is. the kind of players doing on the other side? I'm like, fold around, help <laughs> them. Look, they're doing nothing. There's only uh, one. He looks so much when he looks tired. Ah, they're tired. Yeah, yeah. they do. Huge tough. gap there. They're tired. Great stuff out of Damon Byrne. He's playing very well for Munster. Yeah. Good player. Good yeah. player. Really good now. But, uh, and then Joey steps up and uh, kicks it. How do you think he performed, Joey, this weekend? Yeah, I think he's getting a tough time of it, Joey. He's yeah. been injured for so long. Like, you know what it's like mm. to be injured for such mm. a long period of time. Like, yeah. I think people need to get off his back. Mm -hmm. Give him a bit of time to go find his <clears> form again. He'll get into the flow of things. Like, he's still an unbelievable it's, That's not an easy kick. I mean, you know, with the pressure on you, like, that's that's to win the game. And it's not an easy kick. Exactly. And, he, and you know, he does it. Like, so, um, <clears> I think he'll come back. Just give him a bit of time, a few games, and uh, he'll be back to flying form. Yeah. It's confidence, really, isn't it? And especially in a 10, you're in a pivotal position, you mm -hmm. know, with that outback pair. Craig Casey's having a great season. I think he's he's really come on. 
leaps and bounds every week and he's controlling the team. So I think if we can get Carby a bit of confidence getting yeah. in, I think we'll see um, more consistent performances out of yeah. him, you know, and, and get him back in an orange jersey where we need to see him. There's still so much talk, isn't there, this week of who's going to have 10 <coughs> position, yeah. Sexton, is he going to stay? Yeah. And they all seem to be fighting over the, the 10 jersey yeah. and who's going to get the look in? That's it, that's it. Speaking of Sexton, we'll move on to the Leinster game. Um, 50-15 they managed to absolutely smash the Scarlets that's two weeks in a row now the Scarlets have got hammered by Irish provinces yeah. um, they don't think they'll be too they started so well that. didn't they? they did they started really well uh, Johnny, Johnny McNichol with an early try here like, but uh, I think all they really did their lads was poke the bear because what came after this was just an absolute oh, yeah. domination annihilation from Leinster good try though Great try, yeah. Leinster just are unbelievable at the moment across the board. Like yeah. That was just one little mistake there by James Lowe. But other mm-hmm. than that, everyone across the board is just so clinical in Leinster. Yeah. Um, the only thing I want to see, want to see from Lowe there is like, obviously he was criticised for his performances in Irish jersey cutting in. Now I'm not a winger, so yeah. like the wingers and, and the backs can kind of comment in here. Um, and obviously you have to make that decision, but then it's leading to a try. So that's the only thing for him, because I'd love to see him back in an Ireland jersey yeah. for all the positives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he's not the only one. I think Jacob Stockdale when he started as well is. Yeah. So I'm not a back. So it's those split decisions that we need to see not leave the It's definitely but, the reason yeah. he's not in the squad at yes. the moment. The reason he got dropped was his, yeah. his defensive lapses. And if he, as you said, if he can fix that, yeah. he has everything else. Like, there's no need for him to cut in there. Do you no. know what I mean? Because no. we still have a, your full line inside and obviously use the sideline. Yeah. Do you know? So it's it's those little decisions, you know. And again, it's confidence and, and backing yourself. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but he he did some great things. Yeah, yeah. But as I said, like look at looking at the game itself and, and how they responded to that early try. Choice from Andrew Porter, Ronan Keller, uh, a penalty try, and then this great Kellen Dower score. This is a lovely try here. Low does really well here to keep the ball in. Yeah, really good team. Try. Lovely hands here. Look at this out the back. This look at this <laughs> Keller. I mean, <laughs> yeah, lovely little offload. Twinkle toes, Keller. Yeah, <laughs> not bad for a hooker. <laughs> it's amazing a hooker to a six like. yeah we yes, had a hooker fat. Sean this weekend didn't we I'm have a 50-22 kick we did, we did. we're going to so get on to that at some stage of yeah. it's the hookers there I thought this match was most of the uh, tries came from the forwards yeah. yeah all of them did what I love here is you know yourselves when it's open play just keeping the ball moving it's yeah. the worst thing when you're trying to defend get back on your uh, onside and try and set up your defensive line again I love how he's constantly looking around, looking for his support. Yeah, this is the way it's good. the game has gone now. Look, all forwards yeah. are mobile, agile forwards. There's no yeah. such thing as a slow, fat forward anymore. Like those days are long gone. No, no of course. You know, they yeah. all have a skill set. Yeah, hundred percent. Brilliant. What about uh, poor old Johnny Sexton went off injured, uh, hip flexor injury. Yeah, he didn't I mean, too happy about I, I he, he didn't look. I mean, you see him coming off here. Like he looks all right as he initially comes off, but you can see the all kind of. The face drops and he looks a bit angry. I mean, yeah, I think that's his natural competitive edge. He just doesn't want to come off the pitch, yeah. like, mm. you know, regardless, which is great to see at his age and how long he's been playing that he wa- still wants to be playing the last yeah. couple of minutes of every game. So um, hopefully he's not too bad because yeah. there's a couple of Irish internationals coming up so we can't have yeah. him injured. But look, yeah, like, even if he, like if he's fit, like we're not sure if he's going to be fit or he's going to be yeah. injured, but even if he is fit, should we be starting him in November? Like, should we no. be looking at. We've got our, our, our Carberries there, we've got our Carties there, we've got the two Burns in Leinster, and you've even got young Ben Healy. Like, there's a lot of tens there, and as you said, probably not. Not, not in my opinion, because yeah. I think where Johnny Sexton is so important to us now is being able to to pass the baton. Now, that's not to say Johnny Sexton, because I'm, I'm looking at him there and I'm the exact same. I would like absolutely rage and that I'm going off the pitch because you're just still that, like, you know, early 20 year olds or 15 year old self <laughs> where you're like, no, I want to play. You know, it's just a game. Um, 
But where we need to do is A, manage him that he's not injured as much and then that we have him in a squad that he's able to help these new players come along and transition and pass on all of his skill set and all of his knowledge. Exactly like when he came on the scene with O'Gara, you know, you are clocking heads, but you're getting the best out of the player and we can kind of utilise that competitiveness to to the best for us, for Ireland. But I think to for his longevity and how important he is to us, I think mm. we just need to manage him a little bit more Yes, involve them in autumns, but don't involve them in all of them. Don't mm-hmm. start them and give them lots yeah. of game time. Like that, the hip flexor looks like another load in, you know, it's a load issue. Mm. Um, so I think we just need to, you know, keep them as long as we can, but we need to manage them. Yeah. And We're I know that won't bring a smile to his face, but yeah, yeah. yes, where I, exactly, I see exactly. Where There's a lot of depth still in the sense the squad, like Dan Sheenan mm. coming off the bench. Yeah. How do you rate him as a player? You know, he came on, scored two tries. Listen, he's fantastic between himself and, and Keller and like Lenser have been so good in their underage. You know, we've worked with Kieran Hallett with, with Ireland. He's an exceptional man, an exceptional mm-hmm. coach. Um, so I know he's heavily involved there with the academy. So the calibre of player they have, and they don't even, aren't even able to give them full contracts. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see other players being released, whether it be Munster or across the water. Um, it just means they can keep the best players from themselves and they're thriving in that environment to bring out the best of them and they're coming early. And I think Leinster do very well. And we've seen it with Munster last week with Scarlett's kind of getting the the younger players, the Witcherys in, getting them some game time. They may be coming off the bench this week. So again, with more games, you can kind of use players and use those wisely to blood your new players and get them into the Munster style or whether it's Leinster style. Give them confidence. Exactly. And then they're coming exactly. off the bench and getting two tries. So yeah. like... Um, I think they're managing very well, and it's all around. It's been like four rounds of some very exciting rugby, to be fair, yeah. which is lovely yeah, to see. Sure. Yeah, What's perfect. incredible to see is all the young fellas getting game time in yes. every single province. Mm-hmm. Another province that played well in the weekend and are at the top of the league, I think, at the moment are Ulster. Yeah, yeah. four from four Maximum wins, points, yeah. four bonus points, yep. and all the young fellas are playing well. We've Nathan Doak again. I you love had him. McElroy on the wing. Yeah. You have the centre partnership of Moore and James Hume. Yeah, all incredible. Nick Timney two tries. He's only a young fella, like. Yeah. So yeah, just yeah. what they're doing up north is, is incredible as well. I think we have a few tries yeah. here. We've got Hume try coming up here. Another, another excellent prospect. Lovely pass Lovely here by Byrne. Beautiful. Yes. I think he's a guy that could be involved this November. He's been training with the squad for a while. I think he's a good yeah. player. And Joe, as a forward, you know what you, what you love to see is that you go through your phases and that you're... you're um, your scrum half is making that decision, yeah. you know, and the skip pass by Burns, obviously, because at that stage, uh, I think the Lions had to make a decision, you know, they were outnumbered, so they had to come off the line quick and he made a great decision to, yeah. to kind of skip. And the good thing about Ulster is I think people are saying, oh, they're inconsistent in the match. They're only four rounds in. Yeah. If you're winning four get four bonus point wins Max the drop <laughs> at the start of a season, yeah. I'm like, everyone relax here. Like, yeah. they're doing some really good things. You just want to win games and you always want things to work on. So, um, of course. yeah, exciting things to come yeah. hopefully ahead Nick Timoney was absolutely classic in the weekend. Yeah, he needs Two to more be in for November's now. Without doubt. Like, this one here, he had no right to, to score this strike. He's just so dynamic, but so strong. His footwork, his power. Yeah, I was lucky enough to play with him in the seventh team for a while. He's yeah. as fast as any back three out there, Stop. which is a madness because he's like 115 kg as well. <laughs> so I can see him easily being in Andy Farrell's uh, international team. This, this Such a competitive up. area, though. That's the problem. We have so the many good back yeah. yeah. But Look at Leinster, Munster and Ulster. Kind of just, there's guys in every position there. Yeah. It's brilliant to see, I suppose, but... Well, I think, you know, for, for me, competition breeds the best out of people. Yes. And I think, you know, what we need is that competitive edge and everything. Then we see Byrne move up to the second row, you know, James Ryan in there as well. So could we be looking at some of our back rows, you know, playing in the second row? And now you've your back five being of all 
back mm-hmm. row nature. So you have a more mobile um, pack and that gives your pack a different dynamic in your your, your forwards. So lots of options for Andy Farrell just now, yeah. what style he wants to play and maybe against the opposition we have coming up in November. Yeah, Another no, one no. that might be getting an island to call up, James Hume. What do you think of him as a player? Well, I think historically our centre partnerships have been so consistent, but then we've no one backing it up. So it's nice to see mm. a lot of a lot of options there mm. for centres. So I think, yeah, absolutely bring him in. I mean, we've seen Henshaw, you know, a lot of injuries, Bundy's only back off injuries. So it's nice to get, you know, have options there, a centre partnership um, and get them blooded in because, you know, obviously Will Addison was back, you know, he was in there as an option. Um, for part, even over time. So I think, yeah, the more caps we can get in and, and depth deepen our squad, I think it's it's nothing but a good thing. Yeah, excellent. Um, moving on to the one of the South African franchises, um, the Stormers, they got their first win uh, against the Dragons weekend. Um, they, they, myself and Greg were laughing about this clip earlier on. I, I hadn't seen it originally until this morning. Uh, <laughs> little kick through here and uh, Davies and uh, who's it? Da- Josh Lewis and Sam Davies make an absolute hame to this. <laughs> At this point, you're like, there's no way this can be a try. Oh, 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 it happened. Oh. That was brilliant that he got that. Yeah. It's incredible oh, chase up by him. Zaz, I think his name is. Uh, I think Stormers so. Winger, yeah. South African teams are playing very well. They're all starting to pick up wins now. Yeah. It's good to see, like, you know. Yeah. You see what it means to him. Keep Bit chasing after the ball. You see it on a replay here. Yeah. It comes out. The lovely little kick in behind here. I mean, yeah, Davies and, uh, and uh, what you call it, they, they, they have to cover this. They have to be in a position. They, they, it makes no sense. The 15 was really too relaxed there, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but and you, surely they're talking to it, yeah. no it makes no sense. You just have to dive in that ball. Kill that's, that ball. that's just communication. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure they won't look like looking at that now Monday review. Oh, oh he did. He had his hands and dropped that last replay just going to No one ever us. likes Monday reviews. You're no. like, oh, no, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, moving on to, so, to, to the losers the losers of the weekend. Or I hate to say losers, but the unfortunate events of the weekend. And we, we mentioned it last Sunday on the show about R.G. Snyman getting injured again. Yeah. So, I mean, he's 13 months out the last time. They're, they're saying it's, it's the same injury again. He's, he's redone it. So, yeah. you're looking at... I mean, by the time he comes back again, his contract will be up at once or so. Whether or not they'll keep him on or what's going to happen to him is just terrific. You'd hope they keep him on because he's one of the best second rows in the world. Like yeah. he, he was starting in the South African winning World Cup team. He came, he went to Japan for a while, I think, then came to Munster, did his ACL, then he had an accident to do with a bonfire. Then, yeah. then yeah. he did his, his ACL again. I'm like, the poor lad just needs a bit of time. Like, do you know what I mean? I think he'd be incredible. So, hopefully, he recovers now. It'll be nine months or something for an ACL yeah. injury. And once you can use it, because he's still only like 25, I think. Mm. He's yeah. a young fella. Well, if he's not, yeah, yeah with, with age on his side, and I yeah. think what we've seen coming up from, from the underage ranks with Munster, I think it's, it's going to be a good period for you. And I'm saying that, it, this kills me to say it as a Leinster yeah. person. Um, but <laughs> in saying that, it'll be good because, I mean, it's a long time since, you know, we're kind of knockout stages or finals or Heineken Cups. That's where Munster want to be. So, yeah. but a time with another year under the belt for some of the younger lads. For Snyderman to come back, uh, it might be a good time where he's just kind of that final piece to kind of be back winning big trophies yeah. back to, to Thomas Park. That's it, exactly. Yeah. But can the um, provinces invest in these players who are constantly injuring themselves? You know, there's a lot of talk financially that they're struggling. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think COVID hasn't helped everybody. Yeah. Um, but I think now with fans back in the stadium and a lot of rugby in, and, and thankfully everything kind of moved to TV, hopefully a lot of money came back in that way. So all you can do is hope that with things back up and running that you can kind of kind of claw back some of the money that we can get back. It's not going to be was how we were pre-COVID, but hopefully that, you know, as I said, the world is back opening up, we can get yeah. a bit of money back in. So. Yeah. Same point then as well, we'll add us in another person who's been absolutely 
horrific with injuries yeah, the last, since he's come over from Sale Sharks. I mean, if he if he if he no luck, he'd have bad luck, you know that kind of way, kind of thing. Like yeah. or if he, if he'd <laughs> yeah, it's horrific. It's horrific. I hope hope it's not too bad. But the thing is, rugby is such a confrontational game. Like you know, these things are going to happen, unfortunately. Oh. I think he's actually officially broken his leg. It did Has break, it? yeah. yeah. Oh, you can just, um, it's the weirdest thing. You couldn't, if you did that 10 times, I don't think the time would, would not just come. unlucky. Yeah, yeah it's, it's terrible to see. But as I said, rugby's such a confrontational, aggressive yeah. game. Like, those things are going to happen. We've all had our injuries. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think You've had a few of them yourself. Like, I mean, what's yeah. it like to come back from them? Like, these, these serious injuries. You've had a few of them yeah. yourself. Yeah, I'm 26. I've had five surgeries, like, which, wow. is, which is crazy. Yeah. But I think... Most of the lads that I've played with, everyone's had two or three surgeries. You've probably had a load of big injuries. I've a play. I've just broke my leg, and then. I, when I was playing with you, I've never. You went two injury prior, and you powered through. Like no, I've had just a bit of neck issues because obviously I'm a yes. prop, a uh, bit of a bulging disc, and I did lose Oof. the power in this arm. I couldn't lift um, bar school oh like or anything, so uh, got a bit of a steroid injection in that. But other than the leg break, I had surgery, got a plate in. And Nothing too serious then. Nothing too serious. Was back on the horse. So I had this homemade bo- uh, bike uh, it set up in his playroom and stuff. And yeah, I got in trouble for bursts wow. and stitches. But you know yourself. If I'm not in trouble. I remember not when um, you'll laugh. I actually have a scar on my hand when I was in the sevens. Right, we were practicing with watermelons. And melons. Did you hear about this yeah, story? No. With melons, right, to make us catch better, like with tennis balls. And Auntie had ever did this with you. And they launched one of the watermelons in the, in the sky and I caught it with one hand and was like, burst open. I had to get like five stitches all the way across my fingers. Um, after this. I was out for weeks. Of this. A watermelon? Yeah. yeah from like seven. a huge watermelon? Yeah, it was a little melon. It was one of the little yellow ones. Yeah. Oh I caught it, yeah, but... You must have got a load of backspin on a hippie girl, Megan. Yeah, the girls will laugh about it, but it's some mad ones that I had. It must yeah. be difficult for women as well, the fact that you're amateur and you've got jobs as well. So if you pick up an injury in rugby, how do you explain to your boss and go back to your boss and go, I'm after doing this? Yeah. And that must be difficult. I'm kind of lucky because uh, I'm on an older contract so I'm, uh, with the HSE and I did go back to UPE as a mature student but you know you're kind of an old contract where you're kind of covered by it was half half or social okay. welfare but you're still kind of crippled then and it's no it's not ideal I was out for six weeks of work and and then you've you know a baby at home and you're trying to help out with that and then you can't drive and you can't collect him from skills so kind of lucky um in ways, you know, yeah. no one wanted COVID, but lucky that we were on lockdown, so yeah. he wasn't in school. But a uh, funny story about that, I, my, our head coach, Adam Griggs, thought I was obviously very high on maybe whatever I was uh, on for the surgery. And I said, don't worry, coach, I'll be back for the Italy game. So I'd broken it against England and we had a week off and then we were playing Italy. And he said, yeah, yeah, you just rest up. Um, but your everything went on lockdown and I did make it back for the Italy game. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm very excited. So I off. Oh, yeah. I'll see you for Italy. But um, yeah, that's the only one touch wood now. But, yeah. uh, oh, it's yeah. class. Yeah, the injuries are, are a mad thing. And you forget about the, for the player, it's psychologically, it's very difficult to yeah. deal with this yeah. kind of stuff. Like you see people like Will Edison now, RG Snyman, and you forget that they're now sitting at home with big injuries. Like, yeah. So um, very luckily you know, with the RPI, they actually offer like uh, psychologists and stuff and they really help lads out, which is a big side of it as yeah. well. Yeah. It's probably the so, yeah. same with the women. You have yeah, those kind get, of supports. Uh, yeah, you can get, uh, uh, yeah, you'll be referred. So I can remember yes. the word. So yeah, and uh, so RPI are great with that. But like you go from a big team setup and then you're injured and you're on your own. And then you're doing rehab on your own. It's, it's, kind, quite of, it's kind of like a black, it yeah, yeah. It's, tough. it's a really dark place, um, and it's not nice. And and it's not like the girls or, or the lads forget about you. It's just they're in their bubble doing their thing, yeah. and you're there going for rehab, which 
feels like three days for just one session, you know. So it's yeah, tough. it's a terrible part of the sport, but it's just the nature of yeah. it. That's why we, we love stronger. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, onto the Bulls' unlucky loss against Edinburgh. Um, tight home win for the Scottish side, but there's been no try decision here at the end of the game. Maybe a little bit unlucky. Yeah. It was another tight game. This is some finish. I would have given it, give it to him. I mean, I, don't, I think this is a try. He uses, apparently he uses his elbow to pen himself. I don't think that's the case. Yeah. I don't think so either. Was it double that's, movement? Is that that's what they said? That's what they're trying to say. It, but like, yeah. it's, to me, he's still moving. There's a secondary movement. That's what they said. I don't know. I don't think so. I think they're very unlucky here. <laughs> I think he's very unlucky oh. not to get it. But the ref says that the tackle was made on the five metre and he propels himself to score. So. If you scored a try that good and it was taken away from him, would you not be absolutely disgusted? I mean, Probably would be. You yeah. would be, exactly. That was unreal. Yeah, there's a TMO obviously that ruled it out in the end, but I mean, I think he was very unfortunate there, yeah, without definitely. a doubt. Yeah, we move on to try the weekend, guys. Let's do it, yeah. Um, so, our three tries for um, our pick of the week are first up, we have Josh Lewis's try for, in Dragons v Stormers. The lovely kick through here it's by lovely. Sam Davies. The little poke in the left leg, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Perfectly weighted, bounces up for Josh Lewis. So that's our first Excellent. nomination. I thought it was unbelievable skill. We have a replay coming up here now again with a couple of angles of this. Really good try. Yeah, coming quick ball to the 10, kicked right through. Yeah. Dragons have been some good rugby this year. Yeah, I mean, they're inconsistent, they're up and down, but they're playing good rugby. You couldn't have uh, heard that. That was lovely. lovely couldn't have set up better for me. again. You mentioned him last week, didn't you? Here's yeah. try. I love this try. This is absolutely brilliant. This is uh, Osprey versus Benetton eating roots. Look at this switch here from... It's a bit of a basketball from, move, I love it. <laughs> from Reese Webb. Yeah. Absolutely lovely. As Reese Webb scored two tries in that game himself, but that was an unbelievable offload back inside the Eaton Roots. The Ospreys had a great game. The... Um, it's incredible. Great little dummy to the nine. Lovely feet. Beautiful. He's a New Zealand born, isn't he? Number eight. You hate being that 10 yeah. though at the rook that's caught on the yeah. inside right now. <laughs> great little switch. It's a great little switch, isn't it? Great support line here by Incredible Rugby. Here it is, look at that. Great. Oh, oh, so much skill. It's great Beautiful. vision out of Reese Webb, isn't it? It is. Great Casey actually had a similar offload to that. The next one here, Leinster v Scarlet. Thomas Lazina. Sure, but Lovely team watch right here. Hands for days. You feel sorry with Harris, is it? They actually do play some good rugby. They just got absolutely overpowered, not muscled by Leinster yeah. for most of that game. They're not a bad side. This is lovely. Lovely little lovely carry here. I love it. I love that they get the numbers back around. Quick hands, quick hands, bang, bang. Yeah, everyone Out was you go. around. Step back inside, pop in, Troy. Beautiful. It's a great two phase team play. Yeah. Straight off the scrum. Against the Leinster team as well, so they'd be happy with that, even though they got yeah. beaten by 50 points. Lindsay, <laughs> uh, yeah. who's your favourite out of the three? Uh, I'm going to go for the Ospreys, number two. Yeah, I'm going to go for Eaton Roots, Eaton Roots, so that's that, sir. Okay, moving on to my favourite award, so guys, the Jukebox of the Week. So, first up, uh, this absolute massive bosh from Ross Mariarty against the Stormers. Oosh! <laughs> I love that. He took it well. Both of them took it well, to be fair. Look at this. And oosh. Oh, oh my God. Next up is uh, Josh Vanderfleer and Jordan Larmer's counter up. Great to see Jordan Larmer getting stuck in. Oh, a back oh, 
Jeez, they opened him like a tin can, didn't they? <laughs> Lifted straight out of it. I love a good counter rock. That's some great stuff. Especially there. when it back does it. You should just get you get the turnover straight away. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play to Jordan Armour flying the flag there for back trees. <laughs> so this is uh, Andrew James Lowe's tackle. Knocks the they forces force him to knock the ball on. So we've got one more coming up. Are you going to try out of this as well, right? Yes. Nearly. Nearly. Oh. Unlucky. It's a good hit, though. It's a good hit. I mean, he obviously hit him with a lot of force there. He did. The last one, Keith Ells, the tackle on Sam Arnold. <laughs> oh, boy, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Great tackle. Their former teammate, Sam, just left Munster and went up the Connacht there. So, yeah. Uh, maybe a few words at the bottom of the road. But... Just tackle oh. height by Keith Earls there. He just got in under the ball and yeah. lovely high five, yeah. Caught semi. Good clean hit. Well, Lindsay, you'll be a few tackles like, like to that, see. I remember. Like to. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Well, guys, what do we think? Who, who wins jukebox of the week? I love Keith Earls to me. We've got yeah. Keith Earls? Yeah, Keith Earls. Keith Earls it is, guys. Keith Earls it is. Um, any other stand-up moments, guys? So, yeah, I've won from Montaiuani playing for Benetton. He had unbelievable step. Coming oh, down the wing here. I've seen this, yeah. <laughs> he absolutely makes a fool yeah. of the full-back. He's an incredible winger here. I'm surprised he hasn't got like. Well, I think he will at some stage get snapped up by one of the big French teams because he's an absolute baller. He presumes so, yeah. Even when he played for Italy in the Six Nations, he was scoring tries like this. So. Yeah, he's well able for. It. He's actually uh, related to Digby Oani, played for Queens and Reds. Yeah. Oh, I actually remember reading about that. Dig and I was actually surprised. Yeah, yeah. Digby Oani's his uncle, so yeah. it runs in the family. <laughs> Great boots as well. <laughs> pink. This, this is the I angle don't even bring in pink. To I me. don't even need yes. pink boots. The poor full back down on his hands and knees. <laughs> That's bad. It's a clean pair of heels is all he left. And this one for me is Mike Lowry. It's quite a good one. He goes for a ride. Yeah, a bit of a ride, the poor young fella. <laughs> he gets uh, he gets carried here by one of the Lions players into the air. I mean, he's a sm he's not the biggest of guys. But he still managed to get the offload away. <laughs> bit here he goes. This <laughs> <laughs> really well to get, to, get, to get the ball away though, in fairness to him. Yeah. Just really well to get it away. He does do really well. He saves it there, but it's not, <laughs> not a pretty picture before Mike Lowry. Uh, another moment we mentioned earlier on, of course, was uh, Connacht Shendon Holt. He's 50-22, not bad for him. No, a not bad for a hooker. And yeah, he celebrated at the end as well. It's like, now check me out as a forward. But, uh, <laughs> it's probably the best part of the celebration, I think. Absolutely. But I think the funny part is the fact that after this, I think he actually misses his throw in the line-out. So after doing all the hard work, putting an amazing kick in as yeah. a hooker, he, he makes a hand to the line He off. followed all the excitement in when he should have been concentrating. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was great for him to, to see the space and obviously a nice bounce for it to go in and he relieved the pressure because it looked like an overthrow. Do you think that was the right decision? Oh, he made it the right decision. Yeah. He made it the right decision by getting, yeah. getting the 522 and getting the, yeah. getting the up to the lineup. But uh, unlucky for Conway, there was nothing he could do there. Like no. That bounce was absolutely wicked. He had it covered and then it was gone. <laughs> Not worse. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so what are um, good news we want to move on to is the South African teams. We finally found out some good news with them with regards to them hosting their home games in the URC. They're, they're going to go ahead and they're going to be able to have fans in the stadium. I mean, after everything we saw with the Lions tour over the summer and how horrific it was for them over yeah. there. It's good to see it, isn't it? Absolutely, and I think it's lovely to see like rugby and sport needs fans back. And yep. the Lions tour wasn't the same. Yes, Grant, it was you know hammer and tongs between the two teams, but to not have the atmosphere of the the South Africans themselves and obviously all the travelling fans was it just took a different gloss. So I think it'll add to their hopefully they'll get a couple of wins at home. 
you know, we've seen an improvement in them this year mm. at the start of the tournament. So I think it'll only add to their um, their input and how important they are to the to the tournament overall mm. with their home games and fans back. Well, it's I think it's tough. vital for the tournament just to get the South African fans to buy into it. Like, 100%, you know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. there's yeah. what, I don't know how many South African teams there are, but that's mm. how many thousands of fans sitting down in South Africa. If you want them to keep supporting their teams and keep them encouraged, they have to get games yeah. down in South Africa. So yeah, exactly. hopefully uh, the, the boys can go down there and play as well as South African teams mm. have done up here. Brings a more competitive edge as well, like because you know home advantage is massive. You know, huge. I mean? massive. And it'll be good for the Irish teams to get out and and get out of the norm that has been, you know, for the last two years with COVID. It'll be big for them to to kind of look at the other parts of their game, so traveling, focusing, and that they can really just you know get some together time under their belt and go into a really hostile environment. I'm sure yeah. with fans and and just a different dynamic yeah. and performing under that pressure away from home. So yeah. it'll be nice. For them. 100%. I'm looking forward to going over there myself at some stage once things get back to normal. Yes, like it's, a, it's a nice old tour to go on and go yeah. over and watch Munster or Leinster over in South Africa. It'll be a bad holiday. No. <laughs> <laughs> Long holiday. Away, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, so uh, let's turn to social media and see what you guys thought about this weekend's action. So first up is the loose head. He says Healy is probably the number one out half form-wise at the moment for Munster. Carberry is much better than what we've seen though. Dips aren't permanent internal competition is a huge driver so that's obviously talking about the Healy versus Carberry uh, matchup there in Munster Healy is an incredible player kicks from anywhere on the pitch but oh, I just love Carberry and his skills I think he just needs to yeah. give him a little bit more time to, to get back into his flow but yeah we've got some clips here of Ben Healy first we're going to take a look at some of his uh, his giant penalty he gets scarred his 52 kick against this is his 52 kick here against the Scarlets I mean, he's an absolute baller. We've been saying that for weeks. He's a serious booting in Ben Healy. He does, yeah. 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 He kicks from everywhere in the pitch. You saw that 50-22 there. So you can see him easily slotting into an Irish jersey having a boot uh, consistent as that. So yeah. what do you think from Lindsay? Well, that's the clip I was saying earlier when Carby obviously got blocked down. Yeah, Healy there ch- changed the point of contact, got himself in space, and it was a really good kick and relieved a lot of pressure. So yeah. he's just a man in form at the minute, and I think he should be given the chance. And that's not to undermine Joey Carby. I think he needs to be in camp in the autumns and then just see how they internally go over the couple of weeks and Andy Farrer can make it. Um, but when players are thriving and they're confident, then they need to come into international programmes to build on that. And again, it's not to take away, give maybe Joey the time back in province and maybe back in camp and kind of manage that again. I'd, I'd hate to be Andy Farrer with a lot of players coming to the surface now that are really putting their hands up. Uh, but that's what we need. Um, use the time in autumns to when players are confident to see yeah. what they can do in, a, in in that next level because unless we blood them we won't know what players are capable exactly. of you know I think we have to remember Joey yeah Sorry. I think we have to remember a little bit Joey like I mean it's he's coming back from a, a slate of massive time. injuries so and we know how good he is and how good he was before he got injured yeah. so we need to see this guy back playing so I mean see some clips here as well of, of Joey um, his, his turnover against uh, his, this is the turnover it's Connachton because it's so he's only oh, six, seven games yeah. in after his last injury that's a massive turnover like I mean he's a small little ten ripping the ball yeah. out there you know what I mean yeah. I think we've just seen glimpses and I think don't pressure him give him that time let him build the confidence and then bring him back in but again it's not to undermine what Joey Carby can do you know it's just not putting the pressure plus he's so injury prone just manage him for now he's still so young and there's so many good days ahead for Joey Carby I just think um just give him that time and, and that reassurance that he's still an integral part of an Irish team. Mm-hmm. But let him take the time to get game time. Like game time is second to none. Don't bring him into camp and not give him. And, you know, if he's 50-50 confidence-wise, don't let him do that because it's a tough yeah. environment, as we all know, when you're going into international uh, level and you, and you need to be reassured of yourself. So um, they need to make that decision with him. But, um, look, he's an exceptional yeah. player and he just needs time. I think it helps with Munster as well, like having Ben Healy there. 
takes that pressure off him. Yeah, he doesn't absolutely. have to play every game anymore. Yeah. Because and they can bring him back slowly because they've got that there. Yeah. You know. Uh, moving on to another interesting stat here on social media. Um, Stuart Farmer uh, pointed out that Leinster beat their own URC, URC official record by scoring seven tries, but with not a single one of them scored by a back. So every single one of them, you're going to love that now, that yeah. every single one of them scored held by a the forward. They previously held the market by uh, uh, scoring six against Benetton back in 2013. I mean, that's absolutely insane. Every We were just saying how mobile and agile their forwards are. Every single try came from the back. It's insane. Yeah, which is lovely because if you think your forwards are normally your your launch for your platform offset piece, but now mm-hmm. they're a different dynamic to them that they're actually so potent with ball in hand and attacking. Um, and you haven't even brought in your backs. I mean, that looks good for us when we get into the bigger competition and obviously the longevity then of the competition as a whole. So, uh, yeah, all hail the forwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, we've got another one here. We've got, uh, obviously, we, we spoke about it earlier, five years after Anthony Foley has passed away. Um, the lovely tribute here with, with uh, Carty and uh, Peter Romani holding up a jersey with Axel 8 written on the back of the Connor jersey. Nice little gesture before the game. As I said, you know, I mean, we all know how, how much that, that affected us all in rugby and how Absolutely. tragic and horrific it was for when Anthony died. And it's nice to commemorate him. I can't believe it's been five years already. Yeah, I can't believe it's it. Mad, five sure. years. And Jack Hardy had lovely words to say at the end of the match as well. He said thanks to uh, Axel's family and stuff and, and wished them well. So a uh, classy act out of Jack Hardy. Yeah, yeah. Really nice plan, yeah, he did. It was lovely. Big one over at the weekend was um, Keith Earls on the late, late, on the late, late show, excuse me, on Friday. <laughs> um, he came out and revealed that he was diagnosed with bipolar too. So... I mean, it shocked us all. I mean, he pretty much opened up about his mental health battles. Um, basically, it started off when he was 12 years of age. His his cousin died in a car crash and he had a really bad panic attack. And uh, for years and years, he just struggled with the problem. He didn't want to tell anyone, just kept it to himself. And it was eventually, it was 2013, just when Joe Smith came in. He just decided he had enough and he yeah. went to the RFU and said, look, I need help. I can't do this anymore. And I think, for, I mean, from what I saw on social media, I saw in the comment sections and stuff, people just saying, for someone this high profile to come out and reveal that they're having this battle and struggling with their own mental health is so helpful for everyone else because mm-hmm. we're not alone in this. I think I'm sure everyone in this room has had problems with their mental health. It's only natural. Absolutely. Yeah. And to see someone who's, I think he's just behind, what's he got, 93 caps? He's uh, 37 tries or something just behind Ryan O'Driscoll. So when people see this picture of perfection and this you know, athlete who's top of his game and more class to come out and say like, I'm diagnosed with this, you know, I've struggled throughout my career and to know who I am. And obviously then he calls his alter ego, Hank, you know, it's yeah. for anyone bipolar two is, is hugely um, mood swings, not as severe as bipolar one, which is much more manic, but it's still huge to be dealing with that and not know where you are, who you stand and, and who's in, who's in situ for you at the time, I'm sure. Um, so to Keith Earls to come out and tell a story and if it resonates with one people, to, one person to help um, is huge. So, He's a very brave man and, and fair play for, for sharing his story. And that's what we say about leaders. You know, they, they sacrifice themselves for the for the greater good. And I think he showed true leadership um, being so honest and vulnerable in his in his interview. And I thought he spoke so well. So yeah. fair play to 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's incredible. Fair play to Keith. And to do it while still playing. A lot of fellas do it when they retire. Yeah. Come out with all their honesties. Mm, yeah. Yeah. He said it the night before even playing against Connacht. So uh, hands up to you, Keith. Fair play to you, sir. Yeah. Um, another bit of news from the world of rugby is the Women's Lions Tour. There's a feasibility study going on to see if it would be viable. What do you make of all that, Lindsay? Look, I think it's huge credit uh, where credit is due to, to kind of a sport, to, to the great things that we know in the game of rugby and obviously the Lions and what the Lions represent and, and the three um, opponents that they go and play every every four years is huge. But 
do I think that the the women's game of rugby is ready for a Lions tour? I think right now, no. I think um, we're not ready. Like, I mean, if we were to look at the nations that make up a Lions team, I think really be predominantly pick in England. Obviously, hopefully we'd have a few Ireland there, but, you know, between ourselves, Wales and Scotland, you'd be picking very, very few, I feel. I think it would be overshone by England. Then there's talk about bringing France in for the calibre. But then you're looking at the nations that you'd normally play. Are they up to standard for a Lions team? So I think... Right now, we're just moving on to the new global calendar in 2023. That'll be post-New Zealand. And I think what we need to focus on is, is help uh, the spread of the game and help all the countries around the world to really invest in the game of rugby and bring it up to the standard we need before we even look at a Lions tour. I'm yeah. sure people are like, oh, you know, this isn't a negative. I'm just trying to be the realist and know um, what right. kind of barriers we have in the game yeah. right now. And what I'd like to see no more than our own game here is investment and trying, like we said earlier, coordinate everything yeah. and that we can be actually world class. And when we're ready and when it's a viable yeah. option for us, absolutely. I can't wait to be there um, to see the Lions go on tour. Uh, maybe I might be in the moment. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think it's definitely down the line, but I think we need to look at areas. Again, I think we're so scripted to look at what the ge- men's game is. And that's not, again, a negative. I think the women's game is very different and we need to look at areas it needs m- money invested, where we can upscale and uh, where it needs help. And then, as I said, when it's ready and we kind of have a lot more um, level playing field, then we look at a Lions tour when it's Definitely. ready. But I think as of now, mm. no, I think no. No, we have the Barbarians coming up, which is yeah. a huge thing uh, in Twickenham. That'll be announced soon, I'm sure, with squad. So that's a double header. Um, so, uh, like, that's huge. Can we kind of get more of that in the calendar? Look at international club players playing those teams, playing again international, and again, see where we where we stand Um to kind of make the lines for a reality. But as I said, unfortunately, yeah. for my opinion, is enough for now. Yeah, Something that you'd, um, you know, you really want to speak about as well is um, Amy Barathron, who's yes. the third referee for the URC. Yes, so we had... You've had a, a few run-ins with her, I was told. Listen, I'll name the three, join level, always in our bad books. Um, yeah. Oh, Holly Davidson, always in our bad books. And Amy, third, third time lucky, um, I'm always in her bad books as well. But I have to say, Amy's lovely ex-Springbok yeah. uh, player, both sevens, and has been obviously working her way up to, to again, become the third female referee. Um, and it's great to see it's great to see ex-players been given the opportunity by their unions to upskill themselves and then move across to referees and I think um, though I'm always in their bad books I have to say all three all three women have represented <laughs> our sport and obviously as referees and what we love as players is their consistency and I have to say mm-hmm. um, Amy refed us I think in the last game against Wales in 2020 before we broke uh, for, for COVID and She's consistent. And what I love about her is she'll kind of say to me, right, you made a good effort there, but I need you to be better at A, B and C. So yep. she likes the game flow. She she really has the lines of communication open for you. And um, just if she's watching, a huge congratulations to her and well done. Um, so, yeah, I think she's fantastic. And hopefully we'll see a lot more female referees uh, put to standards and being given their chance to shine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. incredible to see. The last piece of news from World Rugby is leggings and tights are now permitted at all levels of the game. Can you believe it? Not only for the girls. Yeah. Which which some people might start laughing at the diehard. I know my father now would start laughing at that. My grandfather. But I actually do think it's needed. Like I've played sevens all over the world and the burns and grazes you get You'd be, you'd be hospitalised. Because of the 4G yeah, pitches. Yeah, there's, some, there's so many teams using 4G pitches now. It does yeah. make yeah. sense. It's probably why they're being brought in, I think. Yeah, I think that is it. Like, Megan, you've been to hospital with burns in your legs from pitches. I have, stuff, yeah. So. I've missed, on, missed out on training sessions and even matches because I've had severe burns on my legs yeah. from, from going abroad, playing on the 4G pitches. It's been really... 
Um, it's great to see. I love leggings. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> yeah. In the matches, yeah. I think it's it's more of um, it's it's not it's protecting the players. Yeah. You know, it really is. Like um, it's not a warmth thing. It's no, a prote- it's exactly. a skin protection yeah. thing, 100%. and it's definitely yeah. needed because like. When on the seventh tour, you have a Saturday and Sunday you play, if you pick up bad burns on the back of your legs on or the front of your legs, yeah. you can't sleep the Saturday night. So yeah. then you can't recover properly to play the Sunday. Yeah. Terrific. Then you get injured on a Sunday. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So it's actually a health yeah. matter. So it's great to see them being passed. 100%. And they just keep cutting and they're so susceptible to infection. Yeah. Like in the last thing you need now is trying to train and you're, you know, run down your infection mm. and you're trying to fight that. So I think it's a good call that we, um, I said it was for women for a long time, but now it's cross yeah. the board. So yeah. It's yeah. great to see. I think they're trying to save face more than anything because of the fact that a lot of people are saying let's get rid of 4G pitches, but for World Rugby it makes sense to have these 4G pitches so you can play all around Absolutely. the pitches and get damaged. So but with all these complaints, as you said, of guys getting their legs and girls getting their legs torn apart. Okay, mm. let's just bring this in straight away. Let's give at least give them leggings. Let's see how this works out. And yeah. it'll, also, it'll give companies an opportunity to make specialised leggings in as well so that they're yeah. not getting ripped and everything's okay. But, yeah. but so guys, I think unfortunately that's all we've got time for. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks Absolutely for having me. brilliant guest. Thanks again to our partners, Bank of Ireland, proud sponsors of the four Irish provinces. I'm really looking forward to next week, guys. Come back where we take on round five of the URC Championship. See you next week. Joe presents House of Rugby, United Rugby Championship, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces.